Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the opt-in pop-up update that Google is releasing. But before that, I wanted to answer a question a lot of people have been asking us. Authority Hacker Pro, our training program with over 200 training videos, pre-made templates, and you know what a lot of people, including Perrin, that we posted about recently, have been using to grow their authority site, is opening back on September 12th. So if that is something you've been looking forward to, or if you are interested in learning how we build our sites in depth with a lot more information than you would find on a blog, then watch out for your email on September 12th. And also we're going to send push notifications. So if you are on one of our lists, you will hear about that. Now I'll let you to the podcast episode. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about an update that actually Google has been announcing but didn't roll out yet, which is the update to opt-in pop-ups and what they call interstitial. So today, Mark, you're here. How's it going, Mark? It's going good. What does interstitials mean? I've uh, never heard that word before. I mean, interstitials. It's like, I, I don't know. Like That's how they call it. But, you know, when they give examples, they, they specifically show you know, opt-in pop-ups, etc. Essentially, I think it's more the, the technology that people use to to display them, you know? Okay. So that like a, a pop-up blocker cannot block them. They're really part of the site. I guess it's uh, just to, to differentiate it from the old school pop-up, you know, new window uh, yeah. appearing thing. Yeah, it's just technologically, it's it's not the same thing, you know? Okay. Cool. It's not opening a new browser or anything like that. So they are going to treat that as a negative ranking signal on mobile, on mobile only. But that means it's not just opt-in pop-ups, right? Because a lot of people are going to listen to that. They'll be like, oh, but that's okay. I'm using a hello bar. I'm using a welcome mat from uh, Sumo Me or whatever. No, it's all of them. It's like just the technology they're targeting. So that is definitely going to be changing the way we have to do things. I think a lot of people are like, oh, but what happens to your email list model? And are you guys still going to make money and stuff, etc." So uh, let's start with like what we ge- think generally about them. Like, what do you think about that update? I guess it's kind of in two minds. I, I mean, I totally understand why they're doing it because, well, frankly, the technology that people use to to drive these, and I include ourselves in this, it's more designed for desktop and then adapted for mobile rather than the other way around. There are very few of the solutions seem to work particularly well on mobile, and you know we get much less opt-in on, on, on mobile, I think, because of that. So, yeah, I mean, my, my my first thoughts are, yes, this makes sense. Second thought is, obviously, this is going to have somewhat of an impact on our our business because we will collect less emails, I, I, I yeah. presume. However, I don't think it's it's a kind of as bad as it may appear at first notice because... Not on all of our sites, but most of our sites, mobile is way, way, way less opt-in rates than desktop. It's way more traffic, but way less opt-ins. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously that's, uh, I really, you'd have to like do some calculations to figure out what's, how this is going to affect, but there's probably some positive sides to this thing as well. You know, people are on mobile are actually going to be able to consume the content much, much easier, share it stuff like that. So yeah, 
overall, from a bottom line point of view, I think it's it's probably slightly negative, but not as bad as it it might appear yeah. to be. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like enough. Like I'm thinking about like online game terms right now. But you know, it's like so many times when these things happen, people are like, "Oh my god, that's it! The industry is done." <laughs> well, like we can't do business anymore. Google is using their monopoly to push these things on people, and nobody wants it. Well, I mean, first of all, I think the user wants it. But really, every time we adapt, and you know, we're, we're still getting more and more profitable over time. So it's not exactly like we're like a shrinking business or that uh, building these kind of sizes shrinking. It's it's kind of the opposite. It's growing a lot. So it's just like slowing that down a little bit. I want to say as well that. You know, I don't know about you, but on my phone, when these, especially on page load, which is what we use, pop up slow. It's like when they're animated, the animation is like slowing everything down for like five seconds when the site loads. Yeah. Like, you know, for some reason, it takes a long time to like probably readjust the animation to the screen side, which is probably your phone doing that. And so. And we, we both have like fairly good phones, ish yeah. phones. I mean, a lot of people are going to be. Two, three-year-old phones. It, I can definitely see it's, it's struggling with some of this. Yeah, I, I mean, I imagine a lot of people bounce away or just get irritated for that, and and also like because we use screen-wide pop-ups, which a lot of people do. Like it's the same as welcome. It's like some people mistake that for the content. You know, they think they landed on the landing page. Yeah, and it's uh, not. It's not just random internet newbie that's mistaking that. It's like when we're doing outreach, some other webmasters, some other site owners are like, "What do you mean? That's that's not a blog post. That's just a." getting people to sign up. They, they don't realize it's a, it's a form. Yeah, yeah. So all of that, just like, it's going to make it nicer to consume the content for the user, which I hope that in turn will make more people read us, like increase our time on site and reduce the bounce rate, that kind of stuff. And hopefully, because these seem to be ranking signals these days, hopefully that's going to increase our traffic to make up for some of that loss in opt-in rate, first yeah. of all. I just want to get it straight in my head in case anyone else hasn't read this blog post. As I understood it, it was every type of these sort of pop-ups, if let's call it that, inter-details, whatever, which automatically load. So it doesn't matter whether it's on page load instantly yeah. or even whether it's you know 90% down the page if you use that option in Thrive. It's any case. For example, it's any case. But does it apply if someone clicks, for example, on a, on something? What do you mean? If, uh, I don't think it does. I think it's really like the pop-up stuff. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, otherwise I would literally kill the entire technology. It's more like it's like, you know, the even when you say the pop-up is going to load at 50% when you scroll down, right? The event is already loaded when you load the page. Whereas when you click, it loads the event uh, when you click. Right, okay. So technically, it's slightly different and it's better, you know. So I think Google will be able to make the difference. Another thing I wanted to say as well is that there is one type that they will not penalize, but that's not going to help your business a lot. It's these cookie disclaimer ones. So you know, in Europe, we have to we have to basically have at least display a disclaimer to people that we're using cookies, and they have like an OK button to say, yeah, you can use cookies or no, you cannot. And so these ones will not be penalized. So you can still use that. And that should not affect your So obviously, you know, this is not live. So I have no idea if there's going to be any kind of hiccups or anything like that. But in theory, it shouldn't, right? Yeah. And it's, it's live end of January 2017. Is that right? Yeah. And the beginning, I don't know. I need to check again. But it is in January. Basically, for me, I'm aiming to be ready on January 1st, you know? Yeah. I, I um, remember it being something around the 17th or 27th, something. Right? Yeah. yeah. 
probably will just roll it out on January 1st, like uh, first week of January at least. Yeah. All the new changes. So, uh, yeah, be ready for January. This way you don't forget or anything like that. But I wanted to say as well that pop-ups for us, they're only like step one of usually a sales funnel, right? So the way it works is people Google a keyword, they click on what is a blog post, and there's a pop-up that takes up the entire screen that uh, offers a free PDF related to what they were typing. So we always take that juicing example, so I'm going to keep that, but like people type juicing recipes for weight loss, they click. Then a pop-up comes up, it's like, hey, download this free PDF with juicing recipes to be healthier and lose weight. And a large percentage of people end up putting their email and, but that doesn't stop there, right? People actually end up on a pre-sales page that then sells them on one of our eBooks. And the thing is on mobile, like so few people end up buying. I mean, I don't know if it's because we are not optimized for mobile in terms of sales pages and checkout, or if that's just, uh, you know, I think in general people buy less on mobile anyway. Definitely. But, yeah, definitely. But all I'm saying is like in terms of revenue, even though, you know, we might lose like 20, 30% opt-ins, I don't think the revenues, I think the revenue is going to drop by like 5% or something. Because when you actually build a full funnel, it's like, anyway, these people don't really buy nearly as much as desktop traffic anyway. So all of this basically makes me feel okay about that update, especially if it stays on mobile. If it gets to desktop, like if it was like, oh yeah, actually we don't like pop-ups at all. Let's roll out that whole thing to desktop. Then I think I'd be a little bit pissed, to be honest. Cause, cause that, I mean, it's still like the main driver of growth for our email lists. And our email lists make good money. So that would not be nice, but as long as it's mobile, I think it's okay. So I think we should talk about what our plan is, at least, and what the kind of alternatives are for people that are relying on these kinds of pop-ups. Because I'm sure you're wondering right now what to do. I'm not saying that is the best solution. That is what we plan on doing. So, Let's talk about the first one, which is a pretty well-known one that we're probably going to be deploying a little bit more, and you kind of elidated in a, a second ago, that's the content upgrades. Content upgrades, essentially, in a nutshell, is basically the same thing as a pop-up, but usually more related to a blog post, like exactly on the blog post topic. And it's in content, right? So it's a box or a button, and you click, and it pops up at that point, and then you put your email to get a PDF. So that can be a complementary piece of information about the blog, etc. And these get a really good opt-in rate. They take a bit of time to deploy, especially if you do one per post. But the opt-in rate, I mean, we get like 2-3% B2C sites, like on Atari Hacker way more, but that's the online marketing niche. And uh, I expect that if there's no pop-up, the opt-in rate is going to be much higher, right? So, yeah, I expect 50 to 70% of people to get it. And another thing I wanted to say as well is we get less emails, but because it's harder to give your email, it's going to be more engaged. Like, these people are going to be more engaged, right? They had to take more action to actually get on our email list. So we end up cleaning our email list every six months and deleting tens of thousands of emails. Well, we won't need to do that as much, I imagine, after that update because, and I'm guessing, yeah, I don't exactly have the metrics, but I imagine that the easiest it is to get on the email list, the less likely you are to be engaged. I mean, you run our email marketing. How do you feel about that? Well, yeah, it's the same principle as the you know double opt-in versus single opt-in. It's just you know the the more hoops you have to jump through to get in, the more you're obviously going to care about it. So yeah, there's a, there's a definite argument there. I think the total, as I said before, that it it's definitely a negative thing overall. But when you start like breaking it down, and this it, you know it's less. Uh, 
it's less than it first might appear. There's so many arguments that just cut down the negative effects, you know, like the fact that people are mobile, the fact that people are more likely to be more engaged, and the fact that there's a lot of alternatives, one being con upgrades, and the second one that we're going to talk about being retargeting. Now, retargeting costs money. Pop-ups, not really. I mean, you know, you buy the plugin usually, then you're done. But, you know, lately we've been able to get really cheap retargeting clicks, like I'm talking under 10 cents per click to site using Facebook retargeting. And, you know, if you're using that for selling stuff, it's going to be very complicated to not make a profit, actually. Like, unless unless you have very, very low margin products or you're trying to sell Amazon products, that kind of stuff. But if you're selling, like, ebooks, if you're selling, you know, any kind of physical product that costs more than $50 or whatever, at, like, 5 to $0.07 cents a clicks, which is what we get right now, and I'm sure we could do better, it's hard to not make a profit on retargeting these people. So using Facebook retargeting, I think, is a good way to essentially... Not do it's not a replacement for email, but it achieves the same thing, right? It's like retaining people that visit your website. And now, actually, Facebook has this new option of targeting, where you can target the twenty-five percent of people that were the most engaged with your site, or the ten percent, or the five percent. And that and that allows you, if you have a big audience like we do, to not waste a lot of money on retargeting and just target these people that visited several pages or clicked around or stayed long on your website. I think this is part of a an overall sort of trend that we'll see here as well where okay maybe you're you're capturing less emails overall but there will need to be more of a drive to actually make money off of the ones which you do capture so i know we're very guilty of this in in many cases is that capturing too many emails uh, and it sounds like a, a good thing to do but capturing emails without really spending the time to figure out how do we monetize them properly I know a couple of years ago, we, when we were using, I think it was Entreport, we were like kept pushing through the limit of the, our pricing tier and we weren't, we weren't even selling anything to the people, people on the list. I think maybe if the total number of emails people collecting is going to be affected by this, then it might indirectly force people to think, Oh, well, okay. Am I really monetizing this as best I could be? What other things could I be doing and whatnot? Also, you're going to spend a lot less on email hosting solutions you know because they'd usually charge per number of subscribers so if you have a small list that's more active and for us you know it's like several hundreds of dollars per month you know like i think in email now we spend like i don't know 500 bucks per month for all the email stuff yeah so yeah it's like definitely gonna not take us to a thousand a month too fast actually which uh which is always nice so yeah I, i think it's Completely fine. And I think retargeting also like has the side effect of also growing your Facebook page because you have a like button on. I mean, I'm talking Facebook retargeting here, but uh, you have the like button on every ad. So for us, like we've been running a lot of it lately and our Facebook pages are growing pretty nicely. And I can definitely see, you know, quite a bit of traffic coming from them when we, we share around now. So like I'm kind of considering that I'm going to save money on the, on the email stuff and we're going to be able to reinvest that money into retargeting basically. And finally, the last thing that we're going to do to essentially stay in touch with people who visit the site, especially coming from mobile, is use one of my favorite new toys, and that is push notifications. Now, some people love them, some people hate them, but the truth is they work. And the opt-in rate for us has been, on the health emissions, around 2.5%. On the hacker, it's around 10%. But once again, it's because of the different niches. And we use, because our sites are on HTTPS, 
we use a native opt-in. So we use, you know, like the browser asks you, oh, this site wants to send you a notification. So it's not a pop-up. It's not the same technology at all. And that's not going to be penalized by Google at all. Like it is part of Chrome, right? So there's, there's no way they penalize part of Chrome. That would be crazy. And what I find really interesting with opt-in with uh, push notifications is that the click-through rate is around twice higher than email. So if you want to, you know, Put it in terms of traffic, you know, one push subscriber equals two email subscribers. So that would be comparing a, an email opt-in rate. That would be for us between that would say five percent for health submission, and that would be like twenty percent for authority hacker, which is way higher than what we have on both sides. So it is it is a pretty exciting medium for now until everyone abuses it, I guess. I think uh, there's still a bit of development to to happen in push notifications. It's yeah. quite new. Like as far as I'm aware, you can't sort of put a gate around some kind of lead magnet with push notifications. Right? You can actually, like, you can right. build autoresponders and stuff, you know, and you can send a, a notification. I, I mean, for the subscription part. I mean, if you use the native browser opt-in, you cannot tweak the text. But if you don't, like, you know, you can use like a custom pop-up, which tends to convert less, which is why we're not using it. But if you really wanted to, you could do that. And there you can customize the text and you can actually set up an automatic notification sent after people subscribe, you know? Okay. So that would link to a lean magnet, for example. Yes. So, uh, you know, you can do stuff. It's just like most people don't do that. Another, like the biggest technical limitation on them which I really hope is going to be fixed soon and that's going to make them really, really good, is that Safari on iOS does not support them. <laughs> and I'm sure they'll... Yeah, I mean, everyone's supporting them except them, but it means like a lot of iPhone, iPad, etc. users who use Safari, which, you know, tends to be quite big on iOS. So a lot of people use Chrome as well, but still, it's a problem. Uh, yeah, it, it's not supported right now. I heard rumors that say that the next version of iOS is going to support them. So fingers crossed it will. It works on desktop. On Safari desktop, it works though. So I see no reason for them like to have it work on one platform but not the other. So they're either going to unsupport it on, on desktop or they're going to support it on, on mobile. So yeah, that is the biggest technical limitation. Now, the click-through rate is really high as well. I said around twice higher, but that also means your unsubscribe rate tends to be at least twice higher as well. So it's essentially like email, just everything happens faster, right? You get more people opting in, you get more people clicking, you get more people unsubscribing. So it's, it kind of balances itself. It's just like expect a bunch of unsubscribes every time you send a push notification. What is very exciting, especially because we're talking about mobile here, uh, that's where opt-in pop-ups are being banned, What's exciting is that the opt-in on mobile is super smooth, unlike an opt-in pop-up. You know, it's like it actually comes from the bottom of your browser. And you should check authorityhacker.com on Chrome on your uh, mobile if you want to see what this looks like. But essentially, it just goes up from the bottom. It's like tiny. It just says allow denied. And if people click allow, boom, they're signed up. They don't need to confirm. They don't need to be redirected or anything. So it's very, very Simple. So for me, really, push notifications, they're the email of mobile, you know, and it's probably where we're going to be focusing our opt-ins for mobile. You don't have to push URLs of your site. You can push an affiliate URL. You can push anything you want as a push notification, so you're really not limited. Now, a lot of people ask me, like, oh, what should I use to run push notifications and stuff? So I'm going to talk about two of them. The ones we use is onesignal.com. It's actually free, but they use the data on your website 
to feed retargeting audiences. So that means that they might be like basically they use it to sell ads and people buy these audiences. But that that's never tied direct to your site. Like people have no idea what these ads come from anyway. So I don't think it's a big deal, but if that's a big deal for you, you can use a service like Push Crew or something like that. That costs a lot more money per month, but they're not using your data. So it's up to you. So that's basically most of what I had to say about that update, actually. I think it's not a big deal, especially if you use the content upgrades, retargeting, push notifications together to make up for uh, the loss of email. So what's your conclusion? What, what would you tell to people that are getting a lot of emails that are panicking a bit right now? I mean, don't panic. Wait and see what... I mean, obviously, make the changes, turn them off before January 15th, 17th, whenever it is, before by the start of January. Otherwise, that might result in a penalty. But it's really most likely not the end of the world. Look into content, as you said, look into content upgrades and push notifications. I think it's probably the best uh, best two things. And we, fortunately, Google gave plenty of notice this time. So Yeah, that's uh, rare, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so there's quite a lot of time to uh, to prepare for that. Yeah, I, I'd say don't panic. And definitely that model's still going to work. It's just you're going to bring people back in a different way. But, you know, technology evolves. You're, you're in a technological field. That's how it works. You know, things come and go really quickly uh, to, the, to my bane because that means we have to rewrite a bunch of content. But uh, it's okay. There's always going to be a solution. So I think we're going to end it here. So, guys, thanks for listening. Mark, thanks for joining. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks. See you later. Oh, by the way, by the way, by the way, Atari Hacker Pro is opening on September 12th. So a lot of people have been asking me about that. Uh, we've been closing in for a long time. We've been updating a bunch of stuff in there. We are adding a new blueprint today maybe as well. Yep. So there's a bunch of new stuff in there. And I know a lot of people have been a little bit sad that it wasn't open for so long. So if you are looking to join, September 12 is when we are opening the registration. It's not going to be open very long. So look out for our emails. Slash make push sure, make like sure to go to uh, authorityhacker.com forward slash pro and make sure you're on that email list because there might be one or two interesting offers for you in the coming weeks. Wow. Amazing teasing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.